Hello, 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 and welcome back to Any Color You Like. I'm Prithvi, and today Mahima is interviewing our quintessential Sharma ji ka beta, Abhinav Thakur, who will explain ChatGPT to us like we're five. Someone finally answers the age-old question whether AI has a brain of its own and if it can take over human intelligence. Considering we are the TikTok generation, that day may not be too far away, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> he reveals OpenAI's biggest secret that actually made Elon Musk quit the company and gives us the juicy inside scoop on Modi ji's plans for India to win the AI race. So buckle up and enjoy the ride in any color you like. I'm so excited for this interview because it's my first ever interview and you're my first guest ever and I finally feel like a true podcaster you know because I'm able to do the interview for connecting me like yeah. after, after IT, this is my you know next okay. next that <laughs> little story I got to know about Abhinav through a mutual friend I was talking to Apoor and I was telling him that I want to talk about chat GPT and stuff and he's like I have the perfect guy for you. He's so smart <laughs> that Apoor saved his number in his phone as Abhinav High IQ. Yeah, your name is saying yeah. it seemed to be like that. I was like, it's oh, our in the first time it's smart, but check up say yeah, like, मजा आ गया. In the first time, smart is smart, बच्चे हैं. देखो podcast कर रहे हैं यहाँ पे बच्चे. मैंने सोचा भी नहीं था ऐसी field में भी जाएंगे इंद्र प्रस्ता के बच्चे. Yeah. For today's episode, uh, we are going to be talking about the buzzword of 2023, and uh, that is ChatGPT, which is also right now being called as the tipping point of AI. And before we get into um, like AI and ChatGPT, I first want to give stage to you because I know you've been working with a lot of AI stuff in India in past four five years. So if you want to give us a little bit background about you. Yeah, so I think from my side, I did my schooling from Delhi. Then I completed my engineering in two thousand nineteen. After that, for the last four years, I have been working in this field of AI and machine learning. And uh, usually, I have I have been involved in multiple different industries: healthcare, social media, e-commerce. And uh, my my projects usually were related to computer vision or language modeling. So, like language modeling is similar to Chat GPT, basically. Uh, computer trying to understand language and computer vision would be a computer trying to understand images and videos all of these and i think it is a very evolving field as you mentioned chat gpt just came right now i remember 2 years ago we were uh, almost struggling to you know create sentences out of a ai model and right now you can write whole essays i mean i am quite excited and quite skeptical also about the future But yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about uh, it. Okay. So, uh, for the next uh part, for people who would be listening to this, they know about ChatGPT, but they don't know, like in layman language, what exactly it's powered by. People have heard about deep learning, machine learning. There's so many like different words. This is just Mayma's polite way of saying that Krithvi ko kuch samaj mein nahi aayega. So please explain ChatGPT to her like we're five. uh because i keep asking like very simply does it have a brain of its own like where is it getting all of this information and how is it giving us all of these answers like purely on a very high level like i don't want to get into the maths maybe people will run away from the podcast but uh, uh any ai model na in general any language related ai model consists of three parts right one is the brain of the model it's it's the architecture it's the model it's the mathematical model 
Second is the data from which that brain learns, right? You have brain, brain learns from a data, data set basically. And third is your task. For what task is it learning? So in chat GPT's case, it is chatting. For chatting, it is trying to learn these things. So one by one, let's let's cover everything on a very high level. Uh, basically, the brain of this thing is GPT, the chat GPT, the GPT is generative pre-trained transformers. Let's not get into the big words, but transformers here is the main brain behind uh, chat GPT. This was released in 2016 by Google on a high level. It's a mathematical model, which tries to mimic our human brain. Okay. And it tries to learn for whatever data you feed it, it will learn. So that is its uh, brain. Second is the data data part. OpenAI, the company, uh, which is making these chat GPTs and all. They haven't released the data. They don't release the data. And we can talk about this uh, coming, coming sections. But uh, uh, from what uh, they have released, I know that the previous version, the chat GPT, like uh, the couple of months ago that was released right now, it's GPT-4. But just before that, that one was trained around on 570 GB of data and data like, uh, you know, news articles and uh, Wikipedia articles and uh, uh, your Twitter pages, Reddit pages, uh, books, a lot of books it was trained on. So during this training, that brain, that uh, transformer model that I'm talking, it tries to learn the patterns between words. So like uh, it will see that the word Google and Microsoft always comes in similar context. So maybe these two are similar kind of words, right? It tries to learn the pattern from whatever data you feed in. So it will read a lot of news articles about Google and Microsoft and it will say, okay, I think both uh, whenever these two words come, it is always surrounded by words like technology. It is always surrounded by with uh, words like computer and all of this. So it will create a, it's kind of an abstract, abstract vector space. Now, again, I'm going a little bit into maths, but once you take that brain and you train it on a huge amounts of data, it then becomes a language model okay. and that huge amount of data. Uh, is 570 GB of data in case of OpenAI chat GPT. Just to put that into context, I think uh, if you take a thick book, like 500 pages book, and uh, in one GB, you will have around 1000. So 500 GB, it's it's around half a million 500 pages book. Okay. So that amount of data that it is trained on. So it has a huge amount of knowledge, that is no doubt. Mm -hmm. But uh, okay. keep in mind, at the end of the day, it is only trying to learn patterns between words. Like it does not think like a human. Uh, we can discuss about yet. this. Yeah, yeah, yet. <laughs> it, it only tries to learn how how different words come together, how different words don't come together. These mm -hmm. kind of things it tries to learn and it creates a language model. Once you have this language model, then the last step is the task. What task you want this model to perform? So in chat GPT's case, it is chatting. So it involves a final step of fine tuning, which is a few humans like you and me sit there and they create, they fabricate artificial conversations and, oh, and to fine tune the model to see how try to learn from this, like how people talk and how people converse. Mm -hmm. And in that step, the open AI also claims that they try to remove some biases, like they put in feedback ki agar model is saying something that might be not correct. Like it is biased. Then the, the human sitting there, it will put in feedback. You know, this is not correct. It will go into the model and model will try to correct it. So they claim they do this. So this, this is the final step where they make the model into a chat model. So chat. these three 
three steps the model the data and the fine tuning where mm-hmm. they it learns chatting currently if you guys are entering something into chat gpt they are most probably storing it like 100% sure and they will use it finally again to fine tune it further maybe in the future yeah my company called a meeting so i work for a scientific company right when i have signed a lot of ndas and stuff so my company called a meeting the day it was released that make sure you do not put any single word like even if you have on a chat gpt any single word which is prior, you know like information of the company on it just don't even write in ari is doing this or that like because it can show up on someone else is someone say, sitting in like uganda or something or talking and you know it can show up on their um uh, chat gpt answer because you know like that's how they are working and i was like oh like that sounds a little scary and they were all the companies were going through like a stress like all american companies that don't put anything yeah and uh, i think we were talking about that article they already have implemented chat gpt4 to uh, there's a danish guy starting started this startup or an app i think called be my eyes so it's being right, used right. for all these visually impaired people who can basically like that's their best friend they can go to gym they can decide a dress basically using chat gpt4 so my question is how is chatgpt and chatgpt4 different from each other is it just like the transformative language learning it's become more advanced like how is it different hmm. so i think there are two things where it differs right one is again the brain part of the equation the brain uh, as as humans have a brain and they have a neurons in it right we have a lot of neurons yeah. more the number of neurons in the brain it can understand more complicated things right so f- first thing is from gpt3 to gpt4 they have increased the number of neurons in in ai we call it parameters number of pal- parameters so it's it was already i think around it was i i need to check the number but it was already in billions and they all it ag- they again increased it by 50 60% so now it can learn more complicated data that is that is the first part second thing is now they have also introduced images into the equation it's called multimodal so multimodal matlab now you can uh, now a single model can understand text also and images also in the future they also have plans to in- incorporate audio and video also so okay for current applications um like what is the extent we can use it for like right now i know when chat gpt came a lot of people were writing during valentines day poems and stuff for their girlfriends i know one of my mm. friends came to me is like my friend is my girlfriend is so impressed i wrote her a poem blah blah people are making a lot making a lot of tiktoks content on that i am getting to i'm getting uh getting to use this chat gpt as a content for my podcast so like but like on all cases like where do you how broad do you see the usage spectrum currently right now i see only in two areas where it is helping right one is the creative side of things right you 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 want to write as you mentioned you want to write a script for your podcast someone wants to write an essay uh open ai also released dali which was it creates images so mm-hmm. it was that that is one creative side the other side is assistive side right a very famous example right now on internet is someone wants to find recipes they just go and take a photo of their fridge what what items are present in their fridge and it will put out a recipe this is all you can make from the items in your fridge so wow. <laughs> that, that is i mean it's quite literally i would say now it's only limited by imagination right assistive and creative parts it is definitely going to you know uh, be a very major force in these two areas mm-hmm. i think one 
one place where it will still be lacking is factual factual things i mean we cannot rely on it to be factually correct because it is at the end of a day it basically tries to guess the mm-hmm. response people should no, not go there and you know not treat chat gpt as a virtual doctor that they are going and putting in their symptoms and expecting chat gpt will give them a medicine the scary part is chat gpt will give them a medicine it will recommend them a medicine that is the scary part and the only thing is that might that medicine might be totally made up it might not even exist on the market mm-hmm. so that is still, that is still better but what if it is it actually uh, is on the market, are taking right? it yeah yeah, yeah. 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 okay so i think this uh, creative side and assistive side we still have just wait for a couple of years i think it it is literally just limited by imagination people will do crazy things with it yeah. but factual factual things i don't think right now we we have reached that stage uh, side piggybacking on that like a side question uh, do you think like ai in general just not chat gpt that's one question i wonder can one day get i think one thing like you said like it's a brain like we we try to treat it like a brain and feeding like a neural network system but it it lacks the emotions right still you have the, th- the you have the third point before chat gpt was released you had to do the tuning and stuff that this is how human talks and stuff do you see like right now we are capable in ai to give it the emotions you know like is people in the world are scared in that way that you know what if they take over the world all those movies that came out robot robot movie w- ask it to create jokes it to write sarcastic comments it has that that kind of emotion it has you can ask it to you know uh, write a sad song or a sad story it can write that like it's difficult to actually explain what exactly emotions mean in, in my view i think emotions at the end of the day are just electrical signals right yeah yeah so that is already happening in in that ai right so it, it's just a matter of definition i think it's still not at the human brain level like this brain is very complicated it is so much advanced but eventually we will definitely reach that stage like if you look at the history of computation like from 1950s when uh, just to store a single you know photo you had at this much this big uh, a memory device right now in this much memory device you can store literally thousands of movies right so that with compute power this ai power will also automatically improve and i think with time it will eventually reach that stage, even surpass surpass human intelligence no doubt about it right now only gpt4 if you have heard it has cleared the bar exam yeah uh, the, yeah, yeah yeah it's oh, actually uh, cleared i think uh, the one of the hardest exam the ias exam that we have in india i think it ias also it has cleared i think i i i read about it one of my friend who's preparing for ias she said he he um, clear the exam where you have to give the uh, you know the q mcqs and stuff oh and you been able to clear where you have to form the um, questions and answers i think i think the the issue there is not the capability of the model i don't think it was trained a lot on indian history and indian data 
that is the issue i think there because in bar exam also you have to write essays like mm-hmm. you have to write essays keeping in mind constitution of usa and their laws and you know in bar exam they give literally law cases like case studies they give that there is uh, you have this defendant this was the argument what judgment will you say and it is passing that 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 kind of an exam so, judging something is exactly an emotion also right that's like like you know if you're able to right, judge right. something that's a form of emotion that's, so that's insane that's just exactly you know. exactly so now uh, let's get into the ethics of ai and i think that's an important a uh, really important topic because we don't really understand where the data is coming from and how are these models really trained so uh, what do you think about that we are talking about biases here right yeah. basically it's it's the question that uh, first of all are humans is there any human who is unbiased i don't think so every human being would be biased in some way or the other because at the end of the day we are the product of the data we have consumed throughout our life right same way any ai model whatever data it will consume it will learn from that and if the data is biased the model will be biased now i think the ethics part of the equation comes in when it is fine if you use this model for some niche uh, activity right but if you are making this model public for millions and billions of people then the ethics comes into the picture because now you need to take into account that those billions of people may be from different ethnicity nationality gender age you know they have different political associations and then you have to keep in mind that you know you should not make any racial slurs because it has happened in a in the past like you would have uh, read a few reports people have reported chat gpt being you know racial against uh, easterners like uh, china and india kind of things because i think the reason is most probably they have trained on a lot of western media and sometimes western media is a bit you know uh, polarizing and they try to support the west and try to push down the east so it might come from there but yeah i i think at the end of the day it's time that we start asking these questions and actually we or the government start putting in some kind of regulation around it i i don't think this is a you know a, a weakness of ai because as i said every human will have a bias mm-hmm. so you you will have to expect that the machines will also have bias because the data itself has bias right mm-hmm. i don't know if you have heard this amazon what they did was they created a ai recruiting system right mm-hmm. a few years ago and what they saw was that the ai recruiting system was selecting males and not females why because the data that they created uh, i mean whatever the reason maybe the recruiters were biased uh, like in the past or uh, maybe uh, less number of female applicants were coming in whatever might be the reason but the ai model finally became very biased towards selecting male candidates and they had to then you know uh, scrap it off so mm-hmm. the even if you if you don't explicitly tell the model that this is a female resume this is a male resume model will try to see patterns okay this is all girls high school it's written all girls high school so it will try to reject it so these kinds of things did happen because of the data on which the model is trained the in case of chat gpt the difference is first of all we don't know what the data they have trained on mm-hmm. and they call it competitive advantage so i think the ethics it's a big big problem in ethics like 
billions of people are using this if they cannot release the whole 500 gb of data at least they can outline on what say what books they have used if they are saying they have used books or if they are saying what articles like tell us if you are using new york times or you are using fox news or you are using india tv what 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 yeah. what you are using actually to train or uh, if you are using reddit then what kind of subreddits are you using mm -hmm. if you are using twitter then what kind of spaces are you like are you training it on donald trump's tweets or are you training it on like uh, obama's tweet like what what are you doing that that should be the outline so that everyone is aware that what to expect from the model and actually more important than that people public will support it and give suggestions that okay include this data also okay include this data also and it will make the overall system better Mm -hmm. right now they are hiding the whole data and under the pretext that it gives us a competitive advantage i'm i'm pretty sure it does give them a competitive advantage because that brain of the model that everyone knows uh, training everyone knows how to do it's the main data that 500 gb data that they have collected and scraped off the internet that is their gold on mm -hmm. which they are sitting yeah so yeah. so uh, i think I don't know how it will be solved, but I think we don't have to repeat our mistakes that we did with internet, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we saw so much polarization uh, with Facebook a few years ago and all this because there were no regulations about this, like how these companies can use data, how these companies can, you know, make, make their models and do these kind of things. If we do the same mistake again, these AI will again be very biased. They might... Uh, be woke so-called woke or so-called very very conservative mm -hmm. so yeah. this, this can create a lot of problems you know yeah. in the in the future I, I think there was this one episode by john oliver who was explaining chat gpt i was watching and he said that like really resonated with me that like the the, the chat gtp is incredibly confident and incredibly dishonest you know because right, you right. don't know where the data is coming from but it's he's it's so not he, but it, it uh, I'm already considering it as a human. Okay. It, it, is, <laughs> it is so good with the way it like, you know, shows you the data that it's so confident, but it is incredibly dishonest because you don't know, like you said, like going on the biases and stuff, where's the data coming from? Yeah. I don't know if you know, but open AI from the name, you can see that open AI was kind of supposed to be open. Uh, and that is how it was founded in 2015. And there were big names like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel who were actually co-founders in this open oh, AI. Okay. And at that time, it was a non-profit organization. And their idea was, we will recruit all the best researchers and best scientists in the world and come together and create a very, you know, dem democratize the AI space. We will collect data and give to everyone. We'll make AI models and give to everyone. Uh, that was their main goal. And so many people I know, they have left top universities, researchers from top universities, PhD, uh, people from Google, DeepMind and all. They are leaving their high paying jobs and going to open AI. But in 2019, I don't know what happened. Uh, these guys left. First of all, Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, they left because they said the uh, this vision of the company is changing. Microsoft somehow entered into the picture. It invested $1 billion. And OpenAI is like, now I think it's time we need to start making money. No, no longer non-profit and all this thing. And after that, you have seen this DALI 2 and chat GPT. Before this, as I said, they used to release it, but there was no marketing and all, right? Mm -hmm. They used to release it. People like me, we used to use it, but no one else would know what, what is exactly is 
happening it was not hyped this much but now that they have to make money out of it they want to monetize it now they are keeping their data very secret now they are doing heavy marketing on releasing this chat gpt and all this technology was available two years ago uh, you could have do, done this kind of a chatting but now they have you know marketed it very properly yeah. and once they monetize it money starts coming into the picture then if you are not paying for it then just remember then your data is getting sold out that is the only way their business model will work because at the end of the day they want to make money, money right? yeah. which is so opposite of what they wanted to do in the first place yeah right. like i think they should change their name no longer open ai Close yeah. AI. Close AI. <laughs> Close AI. Okay. Uh, Abhinav suggested open AI. Change. Sign a petition, guys. Close AI. Open Close AI. We will start this petition, you know. Close AI. Okay. <laughs> but the complicated thing here is that it's not just the data that open AI is feeding it, right? There is this concept in deep learning, which is too complicated a word for me, but in a sense, it means that chat gpt and these ai models can train themselves based on what you have uh, fed them uh, you know what data you have fed them so if i've taught it how to add 2 plus 2 it can teach itself to do 3 plus 3 4 plus 4 and you know then that knowledge is sort of boundless but since we don't know how it's actually training itself and what data connections it is making in its brain do you think that is something that can go out of hand and create this black box of data that we have no idea uh, you know where it's pulling its answers from say when you when you uh, when you watch a movie or when you watch a video or you listen to music you don't know what exactly neurons inside your brain is doing right you mm -hmm. either feel good you feel bad right you mm -hmm. cannot explain that you know okay this triggered this tune this tune triggered something in my brain or this this scene triggered not even scene this frame triggered something in my brain and i suddenly feeling up I'm feeling happy. So at the end of the day, just like human brain, it's an input output problem. And it is very difficult to study what exactly signals are doing inside the brain. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the case of AI model also, um, like uh, we have, we have a few use cases where we have to dig in the model and look at it, each individual neuron, like one neuron might be triggered when it sees a green color, one neuron might be triggered when it sees you know, a triangle in the image, the things like this. But as I said, there are billions of neurons, right? You cannot go and see what each neuron is doing. That makes it a black box, right? Because it is very difficult to understand how these neurons individually will connect with each other and what abstract knowledge it will take out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Uh, I, I think very in 2015 or something, I think 15, yeah, 15, when the neural networks were very basic, very one or two layer, like just thousands of neurons uh, deep. Mm -hmm. At that time, users wanted to, you know, classify an image of dog versus a cat. They built an AI model. They want to classify if this image is a uh, dog image or a cat image. So what they learned was that the model is able to classify it, no problem. But they, when they went inside, what they saw was neurons will learning things like, okay, the cat ear is triangle, but a dog's ear is most probably a little bit curved. Wow. So when, when it was very small neural network, it was easy to see why, why a network is doing what it is doing. Mm -hmm. But now you have billions and billions of parameters. It is almost impossible to go inside and see what each and every neuron is doing. So it will definitely be a black box problem. I don't think we can do 
we have any control over it but what we do have control over it what we are input what we are sending into it right the data at the end of the day the data is what we have control on and mm -hmm. there only we should have a few regulation there only we should have brainstorming and yeah. there only is something we need to you know come as a society i think come about what what data should go into the model like what should the model learn from at the end of the day yeah i think yeah that's great because you talked about it because now i think the next question is based on this one um i think what i'm really interested in knowing right now in ai how is india in general handling the ai apocalypse how is indian government regulating it because i don't i i know i was looking into europe regulation because i live here and they are coming up with like this high to low risk categories for each ai application not just charging me anything that uses ai it could be alexa or like anything small like you know chat boxes or whatever the smallest thing and they will put it in from high to low risk based on the data they are using so yeah. what about like india like is indian government pro it against it like what, how are they looking at it uh so i think uh, indian government is super pro about ai that and i'll give you an example i have a nephew in class 9th they have a compulsory subject for ai right cbsc oh. has introduced the compulsory subject for ai in oh, class oh and i did not know this oh wow <laughs> so so i mean the government is full on on ai ai mode they want india to be kind of a leader in ai space because they know future is this and they have already lost that uh, you know internet race uh, from us and all and right now they don't want to lose this ai race so they are investing a lot into this so first example is this that they have introduced ai in classes ninth class where i don't know if we were even introduced coding and all at yeah, that time yeah yeah <laughs> doing ai i, I used to bunk all my computer classes <laughs> so that is one thing government is doing another thing is i think data protection bill that is something that you also meant uh, government is trying to introduce this for i think a last two or three years uh, it is a back and forth between government and a lot of industry experts uh, people who basically use the data and um, basically what they want to do is they want to get all the data like they have a lot of data aadhar data health data of millions and millions of indians um, driving data insurance data they have a huge amount of data and they want that data to be used by technology companies to make something good you know mm -hmm. uh, to make something in healthcare to make something in agriculture agrotech it is called agriculture technologies so use these kind of data to uh, basically build products for indian consumers only so the issue is that uh, they need to keep a balance right uh, they cannot release very personal information because then public would be like how can you do this mm -hmm. even though i don't think in india no one is really worried about data yeah, like, yeah. whatever modi does for yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> even not our generation only people like you and me we are a little bit uh, curious about this data privacy and all rest of them they they are kya dekhne ke liye dekh lo i told my dad i think one time he was on his laptop and his camera was on the green line was on i was like dad like close it off like ya kuch laga do iske upar he said ek ko kon kya dega main apni banana wo kya dega karke you know so okay i think yeah 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 this mentality of indians this might be a boon for it india you know at the end of the day <laughs> government can use it to you know uh, 
just give all the data to these companies i think that jeevansathi are like shadi.com and jeevansathi.com already has most of the data of all these people you know like i was yeah. I, i was looking at one of my cousins who she who wants to get like arranged marriage done puri ki puri life history likhi hui hai jeevansathi.com mein maine jagah yahan se data uthao chat gpt wo is pe train fuck privacy sab sites pe yahi haal hai I think Indians Indians डालते भी खुल के डेटा बहुत मजा आता है रख लो अच्छे सोशल मीडिया खुल के देखो हमारे इंडियंस का ऐसे भरा हुआ है डेटा ही डेटा है बस एक स्टोरी से नहीं दिन में एटलीस्ट दस पंद्रह स्टोरीज तो होनी चाहिए हमने क्या किया Good thing is government is actually thinking about privacy that is why they are doing a lot of back and forth वरना अभी तक तो they would be like की ये रहा डेटा लो पकड़ो जो करना है but they are doing back and forth they are trying to prepare a kind of an anonymized data set where they can remove all the personal information and just give ki humko ek number se replace kar denge finally basically ki ye number hai ye number ye ye karta hai iska ye ye data hai ye ye details hai obviously address and phone number personally identifiable information isko hata diya jayega and they will publish all the uh, other data and what what these people do on the internet so that other companies can use use this kind of data so that is that is the second thing that the government is doing and third thing is isi budget mein in this budget they have introduced uh, make ai in india so made in india was a few years ago now it is make ai in india so under this again this is related to their data protection bill once they finalize it once they have this bill then companies can come under make ai in india there will be three centers in india where you can come you can use the data and they will fund you uh, to you know build your company uh, it's it's kind of like startup india only but mm-hmm. this is startup india for ai startups basically yeah. so if you want to do a startup in ai government is very supportive go there actually they want in very specific field i don't know what happened to these people they are they are uh, becoming socialist or what but they are basically saying healthcare mein we need ai in healthcare we need ai in agriculture we need ai in you know solving climate change and things like this oh wow uh, okay yeah indian government doing the bjp so that is that is a good thing uh, actually oh, they yeah. are doing yeah. i think that's amazing i did not expect indian government to act so fast on it because you know we have a thousands of other problems to solve in india but this is great like i think i did not know in depth of how much they are working towards it so this is pretty good actually so anyone who's listening to this podcast wants to make an ai app guys like there's a lot of resources out there that you can use yeah, yeah. but but my reach out to me also because i'll i'll also like to partner up why not <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> have ideas but if you have ideas please reach out <laughs> but guys whosoever still reaching out to their dealers on uh, whatsapp data yeah <laughs> saying it again i said this before in my podcast whatsapp and is not really encrypted okay this was a great 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 chat like i'm so excited and i think we covered most of the questions that um, a lot of people asked me i had and i think you answered them very beautifully and very very like you know in detail so thank you so much and it was my first podcast ever i'm so excited about it yeah um 